Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Julian Palumbo, and I'm bringing you some new teaching uh, to uh, refresh and instruct new believers and old alike, if you care to listen in. Um, I'm just so excited to, to be speaking with you today and to have this opportunity to serve my Lord Jesus Christ. Um, he told Peter, if you love me, to feed my sheep. And he said it three times in a row. He said, Peter, do you love me? And he said, of course I love you, Lord. He said, then feed my sheep. So what little, whatever food I have for you, I'll gladly share it. And uh, I want to show Jesus how much I love him by feeding the sheep. And in turn, you're helping to feed me too. So we're all being fed today. And um, I want to start out right now with a word of prayer. And uh, also wanted to give new believers, brand new babies in Christ, maybe let you in on how I pray. So I'm not there. There's no one way to do it, but this is how I do it. Lord Jesus, Father God, and Holy Spirit, I just come before you, Lord God, and I ask you to wash me clean in the blood of Jesus Christ, and I ask you to fill me so full of thy Holy Spirit to overflowing, Lord. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for your love, your mercy, your kindness, your strength, and I just ask you to anoint this uh, teaching today. Please bring into my mind the words that you want me to say. Let it not be me, but you speaking through me, Lord. And thank you for everything and every blessing and every joy, peace, every wonderful spirit that you give us, every um, good thing that you, you will bring us this day. Thank you, Abba Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit and Lord Jesus. Please be with us so strongly today. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. So be it. That's what amen means. So be it. All right, uh, with the Lord, I just jotted a few notes, but I want this to be Holy Spirit-led, so I just asked the Holy Spirit to show me what to talk about, and we just let Him take charge. So first thing I wanted to say, and this is um, after um, the my first podcast the other day, um, on the heels of those beginner notes, a uh, very important point is forgiveness. Okay, what do I mean by forgiveness for the brand new believer? Well, you have obtained forgiveness from Jesus when you came and asked him to become your Lord and Savior. You repented of your sins. That means you turned your mind against them and agreed with him that sin is sin and, it, and you don't want it anymore in your life. You don't want it in charge of your life anymore. You want to do things his way. You want to think his thoughts and come in line with his word. So that's the forgiveness that Jesus gave you and the Heavenly Father, our God Almighty, gave you. Um, now, and this is the little tricky part sometimes, we have to forgive others the way He forgave us. And if you remember, the, our Father says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive. 
and forgive us. Sorry, I was getting ahead of myself. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive our debtors. In other words, he will not forgive us our sins if we hold unforgiveness in our hearts towards others. And this is huge. As a new believer, you want to just go back and maybe sit down with a piece of paper and a pen, make a list of people in your past who've hurt you, of incidents uh, that you remember that as soon as you think of it, you get that uh, feeling in your guts and you just have to like shove it out of your mind because it bothers you so much. Stay tuned for the next segment. All right, continuing uh, about forgiveness. This is so important. All right, sorry about that. Um, forgiveness is so important to the new believer um, because you are beginning a brand new life. So you want to start out by forgiving all those in your past who've hurt you. And when I was a brand new believer, the lady who led me to the Lord said to sit down and write a list of people that, that either you have something against or they have something against you, both, okay? So either you've been offended by them or they've been offended by you, both. So make this list, pray about it, be honest about it, give yourself time just let your mind go back and just make that list all through your life. The more thorough job you do, the more blessed and whole you'll become. This is an amazing exercise for new believers. So once you've made your list and you'll be amazed what the Holy Spirit will bring back to your mind, that that's one of the things he does for us is bring all things to our remembrance and lead us into all truth, all truth. You're going to take the time to work on that list and reach out to these people and ask them to forgive you for whatever it was, or you're going to tell them, you know, at such and such a time, you did this or that, and it really bothered me. But I want to let you know now that I just release you and I'm letting it go, and there's just nothing between us. And, uh, you know, however you want to say it, that you, as Derek Prince teaches, you're going to tear up the IOUs between you and them. You are going to state to the Lord that these people no longer owe you anything. And you release them, you bless them, you, you pray for their salvation, and they no longer owe you a thing. And amazing grace will flow in. Freedom, joy, peace. You will be amazed at how these things have weighted you down, pulled you down all your life. Just tear up the IOUs. And um, go through this list. If you can't reach the person by in person or by phone, then write them a letter, but try to make it as personal of a uh, forgiveness as you can. And this is, I know, it's this is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, 
but I did it for my new Lord. I did it because I wanted a full life with him. It was with me. It's all or nothing. And I hope with you be all in, just lay yourself out. Um, put yourself out there for the Lord. He put himself out there for you. So, uh, I had to look, I had to make appointments with people and visit them and say, look, I just need to talk to you about something for a minute. And, um, wow. But, oh, after it was done, I just felt fantastic. And God just starts to bless your life because your forgiveness now flows like a river. God forgave you, um, when you asked him to be your Lord and savior and come into your life and save you. But he wants to clean up every area of your, your life and make you as powerful as possible in his kingdom. And you want to start to be obedient. And once we walk in obedience, God's blessings will just flow into your life. You will see, you will never dream that you could have felt this good <laughs> and this light and happy and joyful. I mean, the, the sky will be bluer. The birds will sing happier. You'll see, uh, Jesus made us to walk in joy and peace and strength and power. And this is how you can begin to do that and begin to obey him. This is a, um, a fundamental in the Christian life is to forgive all those in the past who've hurt us, tear up the IOUs and continue then as the days go forward to keep a short tab again, forgiving people that hurt you, that trespass against you. In Jesus' name, hold on for the next segment. Okay, we're moving on. Right now, I just want to give you some contact information for me. If anyone has a prayer request and you'd like us to pray together about it, or you have a question on things you're reading in the Word as a brand new baby Christian, or... Um, anything that we've talked about on the podcast, you can contact me uh, through my website, spiritwithus.com. And on there, you will find my contact information. You can uh, send me a message through there. Just hit contact on the menu and it'll open up where you can type me a question or a message. You can email me also at Jules, which is a nickname for Julian, J-U-L-E-S, J-U-L-E-S dot spirit with us at gmail.com. Please email me with anything, any concerns, questions, ideas, requests, that you, things you like me to talk about, uh, prayer requests, anything. And I'll be happy to address that. Um, you can call me at and leave a voicemail at 484-753-5777. Leave a voicemail and I will return your call as soon as possible. And leave your phone number, your name, phone number, and a brief message of what is on your mind. And I will be sure to get back to you as soon as possible. 
So that is a little way I screen my calls is to ask people to leave a voicemail and then I return the call. So thank you for that. And I hope to hear, hear you and, and see what we can do for you. And if I can be of any service to you, that is my joy and my, my love to do for the Lord Jesus and for you. Okay, so I'm, we're going to move on now. I want to talk about why the King James Version of the Bible. Okay, um, as, as a brand new believer, I remember, okay, one of the first things is, oh, I want to get a brand new Bible. I'm so excited to get my new Bible and have it be a, my companion every day. But which one? There's so many out there. And I remember the lady who led me to the Lord went to the Christian bookstore with me and said, okay, this is the one you should get. This is the one I use. Get the one I use. Well, that was fantastic to start with. And it was just wonderful because she could, we could talk about verses and things together. And we had the same version of the Bible and it was great for starters. But today, <laughs> 30 some years later, I definitely would recommend as the purest word of God, the King James Version. The, they have in the beginning of that Bible, it's called the authoritative version. That's because at the king actually ordered that to be written, um, I believe, in the 1600s, if I'm not mistaken. I had, As you can see, I don't have my King James in front of me, which I should, so I could look it up. But it's in the front, and you'll see it's called the authoritative version. And that's the only version of the Bible that can't be copyrighted. It's the only version of the Bible that publishing companies can't make money on and, and claim as their own. Because um, now the ones that are study Bibles, there's a lot of good Bibles out there. Study Bibles and all the many versions of the Bibles that have been changed or annotated or whatever, they can be copyrighted by different companies, by different publishing companies. And therefore, the companies can make money off that Bible. But when a version can't be copyrighted, then the companies can't make money off the Bible um, or they can't claim it as their own property. Um, so it has therefore not been altered and it has not been... Uh, annotated and pulled apart and notated uh, and <laughs> with uh, all kinds of things added, subtracted, changed. Um, so I recommend the pure King James Version and hold on for more on that. Let me just say that, okay, um, we were just talking about why the King James Version. So the more you use this version, it's like learning a language, but not as hard, not nearly as hard. Obviously, it's in English, but you get so used to it that you just start thinking the way they talk. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. When I was a brand new Christian, I, was, I started out in a Baptist church, and they only used the King James Version, and before you knew it, you didn't even, you were thinking and talking, not talking, but thinking in the King James Version so easily that it just seemed like regular English. And it will to you, I, I guarantee. Now, I also, my 
companion Bible that I've used the longest in my life is the New King James Version, which I bought myself, I don't know, maybe about five, ten years into my walk with the Lord. But I'm, I'm aware at that point that certain phrases have been added. Some are not in certain versions and some in others. Um, in other words, become aware that those, any version but the King James Version may have little changes in it. And if you learn how to see it, you'll see that um, it'll be notated. This is not in all versions or... Um, this little phrase may or may not be in this certain version or not. So it's nothing to get hung up on. Uh, as you're just reading and, and the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you, you will get the spirit of the word into your spirit, into your heart. And that's what's important, especially as a brand new Christian. You, I do recommend the New King James Version if you really get hung up on the older English used in the King James Version. And uh, I especially like um, the Spirit-filled Bible um, that is that was um, guided and put together by Jack Hayford. And that's the one I've used and is so beat up and, and crinkly and full of notes. And it, it, I love it. But I'm also aware that uh, when I want to really study a verse, then I'll look into the actual King James. Um, and I also check Bible Hub for uh, what the original Greek said. Now, let me stop there and explain. The New Testament is written in Greek. The, in the original, the original um, writings of the apostles are written in Greek. And I believe that's called the Septuagint, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but it is all written in Greek. And the Old Testament is all written in Hebrew because the Old Testament was all written by the Jews. Okay because the Jews were God's chosen people. He, in other words, he, those are the group of people he chose to reveal himself to into the history of humanity. Um, he first revealed himself to Abraham. And uh, it all started from, from there. So when, when you're ready, when you feel like you're ready, you can start reading Genesis and um, it's a fascinating study. And at the older I get, the Bible is, I don't want to say a magical book, but it's a living and alive supernatural book. It is not a regular normal book, okay? It's alive. It's alive with the Holy Spirit. It's alive with God. God's words are alive inside of it. It it is supernaturally alive. It is not a cult. It is not magic like a, like a dark magic book would be. Um, but it is living and alive. And it comes alive to believers, to new believers. And we who are in Christ can see it through the lens of the Holy Spirit. 
and you will be amazed how living and alive it is. And it is never exhausted, ever, no matter how long you live and read it. You never... Okay, I was just saying that the Bible is a, is a lot... Excuse me. <laughs> the Bible is alive, and it is enlivened by the Holy Spirit in the Old and the New Testament. And uh, the older you get in the Lord, the deeper the wells of information and uh, blessings, it's never, ever emptied. It just goes deeper and deeper and wider and wider. And there's never, there's never enough time to study it all and to learn it all. It, it's never exhausted. It's, it's truly, truly amazing. <clears throat> so that's why as a new believer, you want to get a good overall starting framework of the Bible. And then when you're ready, go deeper and let the Holy Spirit lead you. Always lean on him, lean back on him for everything, for every single thing in life. Learn to lean back. When you lean back on somebody, you kind of like, ah, oh, just let everything go. Right? So that's what I want you to learn. And it took me years to learn to do that. And I would like to pass that on to you as a brand new believer. Start now. Start today. Just when things get overwhelming, when you don't know what to do, just say, Lord Jesus, I lean back in your Holy Spirit and just take over for me. You be in charge and I just lean back on you and trust you with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, on my brain, in other words. Then in all my ways, I'll acknowledge you and you will direct my path. And that's a beautiful verse in the Bible that is one of the key verses of my life. All right, going on, I want to talk about, I promised you a schedule to read, and I'm going to keep it really simple because that's how I need to do it. If it gets complicated, I won't even do it. So I suggest one chapter of the New Testament per day and one Psalm per day if you can, if you have the time. And if you don't, that's fine. And the Psalms are found right in the middle of the Bible. Pretty much crack it open in the middle and you'll be real close to the book of Psalms. And if you really are gung-ho like I was in the beginning, you can also add a chapter of Proverbs. And I believe there's 31 uh, chapters of Proverbs, so you can do one per day of the month. And you can most usually finish the, the Proverbs once through every month if you read one per day. And you can just cycle round and around. And the book of Proverbs is known for imparting its wisdom. It's full of everyday practical wisdom that as a new believer and even as an old believer, we really need. It keeps us level-headed and helps us make everyday decisions. It's, it's really amazing. You will love, love, love the book of Proverbs. The Psalms are so beautiful. They're mostly written by King David. And they just pull your heart right up to God. And that's why a lot of times when I want to start my prayer time, if I want to warm my spirit up and wake it up, I just read 
a psalm. And before I'm through, my my heart is melting toward the Lord. And so if you feel cold and dry and you say, oh, I should do a prayer time, but I'm really not in the mood, read a psalm. Just make yourself crack it open to the middle. Just pick a psalm. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and read it. You'll be ready to pray. I guarantee. So those are some uh, little tips from an older Christian that you can learn. I learned the hard way. That took me a long time. So endeavor to read a chapter of the New Testament per day. Please pay special attention to the words of our Savior that are... The whole Bible is the words of our Savior. And He is the Word. And you'll see that He claims to be the Word as you read. He's the Word. He's the living Word. The Word is Him and He's the Word. There's a lot of mysteries, supernatural things that we have to take by faith. But as you take them by faith, you'll see that they're absolutely true. And hold on for the next segment. Thank you, guys. Hold on. Okay. So I also want to point out that um, when you are looking at your new Bible, I'm going to assume that you have gotten yourself a Bible. It could be King James Version. It could be New King James Version. If you want to get a study Bible, I recommend the Spirit-Filled Bible. And uh, so we're going to start to uh, read it, a chapter of the New Testament per day, maybe a psalm per day, maybe a chapter of Proverbs per day. But keep it simple, because if you load yourself up with too much, you're not going to do it. So I want to tell you that we look at the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. And that's really an important point. And you may not know how important it is at this moment, but you'll see. Uh, When we don't understand what's going on in the Old Testament as a new believer, you will interpret it through what the New Testament says about it. And You'll be amazed how many times Jesus refers back to things in the Old Testament. Um, He's definitely not uh, getting rid of the Old Testament at all, but he's fulfilling it according to his own words. He's not here to do away with the law, but he's here to fulfill it, he said. And in other words, the the law stood there in the Old Old Testament times to show people that they were sinners and that they needed God. And in the in the Old Testament times, they had the animal sacrifices and the priests would uh, take the blood and offer it as a covering of the sins of the people before the Lord. And that was all a foreshadowing of Jesus' blood being shed for our sins on Calvary, on the cross. Um, so... When those old tests, <clears throat> when Jesus fulfilled the all the um, prophecies regarding his life, that he was the Messiah, that he was the one that they were looking forward to, then that was fulfilled, and we no longer need to do animal sacrifices because we have the one true sacrifice of all time, and that was Lord Jesus Christ, 
whose blood was shed for all of us to cover all sin for all time on the cross, on the Roman cross, which was nothing more than an old-time electric chair. He was nailed up there to suffer and die as a criminal. And, you know, we can get into that uh, later, but... um, that's basically, it was looked down upon, it was looked at as the lowest of the low were crucified for all kinds of crimes against uh, the Roman law. And Jesus was uh, sent up there uh, to die as a criminal. And um, he shed all of his blood, every last drop for you, for you and for me, that we might be healed that we might be made whole, that we might be looked upon as righteous now f- as from God the Father. God the Father accepts that sacrifice in our behalf. Now we look pure and clean to him because of what Jesus did for us. And that is a, a gift of love that you that is beyond our imagining it because it's God's love. God's love is so far above human love. We can't, we can't really comprehend it. When you start really thinking about it, it's beyond human comprehension. The the heavenly father made such a sacrifice of love of his own son. And that was foreshadowed in Abraham sacrifice, being willing to sacrifice Isaac, his only son. And that's a beautiful Old Testament story to foreshadows the same, what I'm talking about. And uh, so that's just something to think about. The father made a huge sacrifice of his beloved son, his only son. And Jesus made a huge sacrifice, suffering and dying on the cross, a horrible, horrendous death to pay for our sins. So we love him, we thank him, we worship him, we glorify him. He's amazing. He's in our amazing Lord. All right, new believers, brand new babies, Christians, we're going we're moving on. So we want to recapping the last segment, we want to look at the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament. That's why I recommend you read the New Testament through first before you start with the Old Testament. Okay, so next point I want to bring up today is that as soon as you can in your new Christian walk, you want to ask the Heavenly Father to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And what do I mean? We see in the New Testament that the new believers in Christ were filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the apostles and the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit came and filled them. And that was what we call Pentecost. They waited and they tarried in prayer. That means they waited in prayer uh, for several days um, in a in a room. They called the upper room in uh, Jerusalem. And the Holy Spirit one day entered the room like a wind, like a mighty wind blowing through the room. And then that was the time that the apostles and disciples looked around and 
they all seemed to have tongues of fire appear on their heads. And that was an outward sign so that we could know that the Holy Spirit had come. Jesus, when he was ascended into heaven, when he was taken off this earth, after he came back to life, he died on the cross. He was died and buried. He was gone for three days. He came back on the third day in his new immortal body. And his, it was flesh, but yet immortal, eternal, uh, spiritual body. And he said when he was um, taken up into heaven in this same body that um, he, would, he had to leave us, but he was going to leave a comforter in his place. If he went to the Father, he would send the comforter. So that's when the disciples all assembled in the upper room and waited for that comforter to come. And sure enough, it, he came in a mighty wind. He appeared as tongues of fire on top of the disciples' heads. And they beca- began to praise God, and they were filled with a supernatural power for life, for, for ministry, for witnessing for the Lord boldly, absolutely boldly. And to the, they... Uh, not caring about their lives to even to the death. They were so filled with boldness and strength and power of God. And they were filled with the new life of the Lord. It was life transforming. And that is the spirit, the Holy spirit that we have with us today. The comforter has come as the old Tim says, and he's been here ever since that day of Pentecost. He's been here on this earth We as new believers and old believers can invite him to come in and take charge. He's a gentleman. He won't barge in like like satanic spirits would. You have to invite him in in the name of Jesus. You ask the Father to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And we see that over and over again in the chapter of Acts in the New Testament. Uh, you, if you read that, if you have questions about being filled with the Holy Spirit, re- read the book of Acts, not the chapter, the book of Acts. Um, and that is all about the new church and the new believers <clears throat> becoming filled uh, with the Holy Spirit, among a lot of other things. It's just an awesome chapter. So um, I wanted to just in like uh, broach that subject today and we'll go back into it more in depth um, later. But you can always ask the Heavenly Father now that you are a born again believer to fill you and control you with His Holy Spirit. When you do that in faith, it's just by faith. You're, you, may, you may feel something, but most like you won't even feel something. It's not about feelings, as I said. Don't trust your emotions. Go by faith. It's a walk of faith. Always a walk of faith. And hold on for the next. Okay, so I was telling you that as a new Christian, you have the right to ask the Heavenly Father to fill you in Jesus' name. We always want to pray in Jesus' name. We do everything in Jesus' name as Christians. In Jesus' name, with the Holy Spirit, please fill us with the Holy Spirit, Abba Father. Why do I say Abba Father? I'll explain that later. Uh, Be filled with the Holy Spirit 
And then when by faith we, I say, I receive you, dear Holy Spirit. And this is personally what I've, I say, I say, I hand over the reins of my life to you this day. I hand you the keys to my life and I step aside. You guide, you lead, you direct. You speak through my, my lips, think through my mind, love through my heart, work and move through my body and pray through my spirit this day, Lord. But you don't have to say that. You can say whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to say. Just say, please fill me this day in Jesus' name. When you, As a new believer, I just want to keep it simple for uh, you precious babies in Christ, you newbies out there. And if you've never heard about this, being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, it's, a bit, it's been debated <laughs> for years. Uh, but yes, it's clear when you read the book of um, Acts in the Bible that new believers can be born again, and yet they haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. They're sealed in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is with them. But it's really... Uh, an act of faith and you go by the word and then you surrender. I believe that's a key to being filled and staying filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to con- to um, develop your hearing, the hearing in your spirit. And we can, t- we can teach about that later, but be sensitive, be tender to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit and surrender. Surrender maybe what you want to do to what he's leading you to do. And the more you surrender and obey that Holy Spirit leading and inner witness, it's sometimes called, the stronger the inner witness and the voice of the Holy Spirit will get and the stronger his presence will become the more you obey and yield to him. Because when you resist him, he'll flee from you. And when you sin, you'll grieve him and he'll leave. He won't leave your life, but he'll stop being in charge, let's put it. Um, He'll hand the keys back to you because what you've done is when we sin, whether we consciously choose to sin or not, especially as a new uh baby in Christ, you'll, you'll trip, maybe fall over a temptation, large or small. And by doing that, we, we don't realize, but we kind of take the charge back over our own life because that wasn't the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us to do that, was it? So when we sin, we, we take the keys back and then that's when we, we, you just want to confess repent, turn from it, say, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Um, Please wash me clean in your precious blood and please fill me again with thy Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, by faith, I welcome you back. I hand the keys back to you. I want you to take charge again and I step aside again. And please be patient with me, Lord. And you know what? Be patient with yourself. The enemy will tell you, See, you're a big failure. You can't do this Christian thing. No, 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 no. That's lies. That's those fiery darts that are being thrown at you and shot at you. Hold up that shield of faith. 
because once you are born again, you're a child of God forever. Well, let me qualify that. Maybe not forever. You can lose your salvation, I do believe, but not unless you deliberately want to and you just don't care anymore. That's a whole nother topic. But you belong to Jesus and he'll always be with you and he wants to lead and guide you and love you. He wants to love you. And he does. Hey, new believers and babies in Christ, I just want to talk to you right now about prayer. Okay, when I was a brand new Christian, prayer was this big thing. And I was like, oh, how do I go about it? How do I do it right? I even read whole books on prayer, how to pray. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember asking older Christians so, so many questions like, how do you do it right? How do I hear God's voice? Oh, that was a huge one. Um, and it, it, it took experience and it took just being obedient and doing it. The, the Bible says to pray always, to pray every day, pray, stay in that connection with the Lord that at any moment during the day, you could just speak to him, that the channels stay open, that they're not clogged or cut off by sin. Um, and that you just stay open to the Lord all day long. But what I've learned through all these years is that there is no quote unquote formula. You just, the main thing is to make sure you've forgiven everyone who's hurt you and you want to stay, you want to confess any sin that the Holy Spirit brings up to your mind before you start to pray. And it doesn't have to be a long, complicated ritual. Just say it quickly and simply like a child talking to their father. I'm sorry, daddy. And that's why I say Abba father, because Abba means daddy. And when we're his child, when we're born again, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will, will witness and fill us with the, that awareness that we are his children and that he's our daddy. He wants that closeness like a daddy would have with a child. That's why he, the Bible says we'll call him Abba. We'll want to call him Abba. And it comes so naturally. And I'm sure that you will find that too. And it's a beautiful, wonderful, warm, close relationship with the Heavenly Father. So prayer is just talking to your Heavenly Father in Jesus' name. So you, and you can talk to Jesus too. That was, that's another whole big controversy. Oh, can we talk to Jesus or can we just talk to the father? No. <laughs> what I've found is I address as the Holy Spirit leads and guides me. The Bible teaches we don't know how to pray as we ought. That's why we need the Holy Spirit for everything. Whatever comes out of my mouth, whatever comes out of my heart, uh, is how I speak to him. It doesn't matter. If we talk to the Father, we're also talking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. If we talk to Jesus, we're also talking to the Father and the Holy Spirit. They're all one. So I don't get hung up on that. I just address my Lord, my God. Sometimes I call him Lord. Sometimes I call him Almighty God. Sometimes I call him Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, uh, Abba, whatever at the moment comes out of my spirit because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So just trust that. Like I said, lean back 
and relax on him. So the thing to do about prayer is just get real and honest. Get down to the nitty gritty and don't waste time. Once your sins are confessed, you're before the Lord in the spirit, in the spiritual realm, which is more real than the real world here, than the material world. So just start thinking along those lines. The spiritual side of life is much more real. You're in, in the spiritual realm, you're kneeling before the Father, and it's very real. He sees you, he sees you there very clearly. He's hearing you, he sees you, every word you ever say, he's storing up. Trust me, that your prayers are precious to him. Jesus sees right through you, so lay it all out before him. Whatever's on your mind, your heart, if, it's, if you just want to say hello, if you just want to say, I miss you, I want to connect with you, say it. If you have something bothering you, if you need help at that moment, stop and call for his help. Call, for, call for, come before the Lord for help in time of need, the Bible says. Cry, laugh before him. He knows you better than you know yourself. And I want to end with this. In Psalm 37, 4. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself before him in prayer and your new relationship. He will give you the desires that he can see in your heart better than you 